Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Spokesperson for the American College of Emergency Physicians. She's Dr. Lee and the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Hi, and welcome to the show, Health from the Outside In on Radio MD. Um, my next two guests um, are both physicians. We're going to talk about artificial sweeteners. There's a little bit of a controversy here. They wrote an interesting article called The Skinny on Artificial S- Sweeteners. So my uh, guest, Dr. Carl Nadalski, he's an endocrinologist and board certified in internal and obesity medicine. And his brother, Dr. Spencer Nadalski, primary care physician, board certified in family and obesity medicine. So welcome, doctors. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much. So let's um, talk about this, and I'm going to address you, Dr. Carl and Dr. Spencer. It'll be much easier. Um, So Dr. Carl, you know, artificial sweeteners, we go in and out with them, but they're really starting to find, as an endocrinologist, I mean, we tell people, you know, especially diabetics, right? They, mm-hmm. they can't have a lot of sugar. So, you know, to use artificial sweeteners, but we're finding that maybe it's doing the things to blood sugar that we're, we thought we were preventing. What, what is going on with that? Well, I think, um, over the years, we've had some observational studies, epidemiological studies, um, that, uh, tended to show a correlation between the use of these artificial sweeteners and obesity and, and diabetes, which seemed certainly discordant from what we always figured would be the case. But, you know, as we know, a lot of these studies, they're correlation, not causation. Um, so there's been some further analyses, including actual randomized trials, replacement trials, and then trying to figure out if there are some plausible mechanisms by which these could have some adverse effects metabolically, and that includes, you know, the taste receptors, um, insulin release, some of the hypothalamic appetite metabolism areas that we we talk about in obesity medicine, Mm -hmm. Um, and then even the gut microbiota. um, There there seems to be some changes there that that could be detrimental, although um, hard to say what that means exactly at this time. Right, And, and Dr. Spencer, I mean, it's true. And, you know, as an ER doctor, you know, I'll see people, they come in, they are still morbidly obese and they're drinking like liters worth of diet soda. And they're telling me, but I'm drinking diet soda. So um, talk a little bit about, Dr. Carl had mentioned the, the taste receptors. Is part of that like you're kind of tricking your metabolism? Right. So what happens is what we hypothesize is that there's this mismatch in calories and sweetness. So our body expects there to be calories when we're getting this sweet drink, but there's not. So what is thought, you know, looking at these observational studies, is that our body makes up for it later by eating much more than what uh, we would have had with that uh, sugar-sweetened beverage. Although, like as my brother said, that doesn't necessarily come to be true when we do these randomized control trials. So we, there's a possible maybe over a long term that we don't know yet, um, but, yeah, your body's expecting this, uh, these calories with a sweet taste, but we don't get them, so it makes up for it later. That's so, the hypothesis. So you're actually, yeah, sometimes you're, you seem a little more hungry after you eat them. Is that true, Dr. That's, Carl? Okay. Well, I think I think that's the that's the hypothesis that hasn't necessarily been shown. I think that's something in some of the bench research that's 
that's theoretical, but again, the, the trials would suggest that's not necessarily the case, and maybe it's an individual thing. Um, it, there may not be a generalization that we can take out of anything yet. On mm. that. So, and then, uh, Dr. Spencer, would the, it, it's, are they finding in some of these trials that they're actually, I had read somewhere, you know, that it is raising insulin levels almost the way, you know, glucose does. And yet, you know, we're, we're telling diabetics to take this. Um, but right. Is, so that's... It, yeah. So there's actually a, a possible difference with all the different types of sweeteners because there's a bunch of them, you know. So there's saccharin, right. which is in the little pink packets, uh, sweet and low. Or in Tab, which I don't know if anybody drinks Tab anymore, and then there's Splenda, which <laughs> is super tab. low, in the um, in the yellow packets, and then there's Aspartame, uh, which is in the blue packets, Equal, which is in most uh, sodas, right. and then there's Stevia, which is uh, the natural stuff and, and sugar alcohols. When we're finding that maybe Stevia actually has beneficial uh, effects on insulin sensitivity and may actually benefit glycemia, whereas saccharin. There was a study last year that was kind of interesting that looked at the microbiota and maybe those changes um, causing worse uh, glycemia at high doses of it. Uh, but that was a very small study. Um, so it really, it really depends on which agent we're looking at, what is actually causing it. Um, the one thing that we highlighted in our, uh, our little blog there was, was a randomized uh, trial to system. Uh, review meta-analysis that looked at all uh, animal studies and human studies, observational and experimental. What they found is uh, the weight, at least, seems to be, there seems to be positive effects, meaning they lose weight, if anything. Um, It didn't look at glycemia, uh, per se, but um, seems to be, I don't know, we're we're not sure exactly. I think more studies need to be done. Yeah, and Dr. Carl, I mean, you're an endocrinologist. In your practice, I mean, do you see this with patients? I mean, you know, what about substituting? So, you know, they want to bake a cake or a banana bread or whatever. I guess banana has its own sugar. You probably don't need anything. (laughs) But cooking uh, with some of these things, um, do you still recommend it? Because compared to, like, them eating regular muffins... I mean, maybe that's, is that right. a way to go? Well, I tell you, well, we're, I think uh, we're comparing some apples to oranges um, uh-huh. because really most of it is, is about the sugar-sweetened beverages. Uh-huh. And, I, and I will tell you, I mean, you, I know there's some concern about the insulin and things like that, but when you're not actually getting the glucose load, the sugar load, um, and the calories, um, getting rid of that would be good for glycemic control, especially if you're losing, you know, the adiposity that's, causing uh-huh. glucose intolerance. So um, I can tell you that the studies and anecdotally, when patients replace, when they drink soda, regular soda, juice, sweet tea, um, you know, Kool-Aid or whatever, when they replace <laughs> that, um, they have improvements in their weight and their A1C. And uh, when they fall off the wagon, things get worse. I, in fact, I was just telling Spencer this morning about how I had a patient, uh, BMI of over 40, d- didn't want to get bariatric surgery, um, and uh, A1C was 16, he wow. saw me, we started appropriate medications, of course, and, and he was on some insulin. 
Um, but one of his major issues was we replaced all his sugar-sweetened beverages with diet drinks, and we got him off of his insulin, um, still on a, on a, a very uh, beneficial combination of medications that I like, um, but his A1C was suddenly almost normal. We got it down under 6. And then when I last saw him, his weight hadn't gone down much, and his A1C was back up slightly over 7. And the one thing that had changed was that he, for some reason, fell off the wagon and was drinking some sweet tea and doing things like that. And um, so just that's just one example. But, um, but certainly replacing the sugar-sweetened beverages with diet um, and then any other uh, non-calorie drinks. I mean, obviously, water, we still say is the champion, even though we right. noted some of the trials where diet drinks actually did better than water for weight loss. And that huh. may actually be because maybe it does have benefits for appetite in some people. I think personally, I, you know, I think I, it quenches my sweet taste tooth once in a while. Yeah, and I personally, drink a little for, diet personally for me, I actually crave sweeter foods later, so it, it might be interesting. Yeah, so it's, it may be different with individuals. And that's right. why the, the the studies are kind of mixed in that regard. Huh. Interesting. Well, I, it certainly sounds like uh, there's a, a lot more to go, but like everything else, and we, we only have 30 seconds, it's moderation, right? I mean, that's the key with everything, so I guess you've got to watch yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. And in fact, yeah, I mean, I try not to drink too much diet soda, but I put a little stevia in my coffee. There's a little Splend in the protein drinks we use. Um, but, you know, all in all, if patients are drinking sugar beverages, I would replace them and look for other okay. things like non, non-sweetened non coffee, tea, etc. Sounds great. We will definitely have you back. They have the Lifestyle Medicine blog. I want to thank you for being on the show, both of you. This is the Dr. Levin Oker Show, Health from the Outside In, where feeling good starts with looking good. Stay tuned into your health.